Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Welcome back to the You're Not Alone podcast. My name is Chris Richardson. I am here with my friend, Caleb Musafiri. Ah, Caleb. And we have a special guest this week. Yes, we do. Yeah, Andrew Carmona. Yeah. Man, amazing, amazing man of God. Somebody that I just absolutely love and have a lot of respect with. And Andrew has a story. And uh, we want to hear that story, Andrew. The things that we like to discuss and we like to go through is talking about some of those things that are deep down that sometimes people don't even know about, yeah. that hold us back, that keep us from being everything that God has designed us to be. Wow. And uh, sometimes when we're in the midst of this, we feel like we're the only ones. Yeah. And that's why we call it that you're not alone. That's so good. And today, I think you have a story that's going to resonate with a lot of people, especially in today's culture. Yeah. And we want to hear that story. So, man, let's jump right in. Tell us, what is your story, man? Let's jump right in. Well, I feel like my story really does fit along with this because I did hide it. I was living a lie where I was one way on the outside and another Mm. in secret, you know. And I feel like that's something that we do do a lot. And for me, I was leading worship and I was doing all this. But in secret, I was battling and I was wrestling with homosexuality and it was it was something that was just really really annoying because it brought so much shame because I was like oh my goodness like I'm not supposed to be living like this because I knew I'm not gonna be like oh no like I was oblivious to the whole thing that this this was all right no okay so let's let's define this a little bit yeah 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 so this so so you said I'm struggling that kind of sounds like well I had some thoughts but for you, it went much deeper than that. Ooh. It wasn't just thoughts. It wasn't just yeah. confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you, us about you that. Didn't let me get there. I know. Chris, let's, let's just jump into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I was completely just submerged in this whole, um, this whole of uh, homosexuality, where I was talking. You see, I've never really spoken about this. So no. I, um, this is like really. It was a breakthrough for me, you know, to Come be able on. to to speak into it and actually see it from the other side. Yeah, and that's like that's something that I, I can feel that just like the beauty. I can just see it, and so yeah, I was going through it. I was talking to people. I was I was submerged in it, and it it did bring shame. Mm. Um, like there is a lot of moments where I would I would just meet up with random people, and it was just. I look back and I'm just like, oh my gosh, how could I do that? You know, how could I do that? Because I, I knew right from wrong. Yeah. I knew right from wrong. So you're raised in the church? Oh, yeah. I was, I was raised in the church. Um, I was, my uncles were all worship leaders. That We were all really into the church. Like, my family were serving the church and all that. And you and yourself is probably one of the, one of the most powerful worship leaders that I know in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, the anointing that you carry, the ability that you carry to lead people into worship. And not just that, just the ability that you have to connect with people mm-hmm. and to minister is, to me, inspiring. Mm-hmm. And to, to like, and there's people that will hear you sing that would have no idea the struggles mm-hmm. and the things you've gone through. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I appreciate, appreciate about you is how open you are to say, look, that's not how it's always been. Yeah. So take us back a little bit. Okay. So when did some of this start, and what were some of the feelings that you had in the midst of it? All right. Let's go down memory lane. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So from the ages of four to six, I mean, I grew up normal, you know? A little boy playing with his dinosaurs, watching all these shows and these movies and everything. And it got to, I turned four, and... From the ages of four to six, I was molested by a family friend. I was molested and I was raped for for those years, and it was it was really really tough. And like nobody, I, there was so much shame where I couldn't even talk about it. You know, like I was I was alone in that. Yeah, I was alone in that, and I was like, oh my goodness, well a guy did this to me. 
does that mean this? And so did anybody say that to you on the outside or is this stuff that you no, thought? No, I was just head? talking to myself. Wow. I was like, okay, well this, this, this happened to me and it was a guy. Okay. Now like truly from like standing where I am now, I, I've always said this. I, I felt like my identity was ripped from me. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I felt like someone literally just grabbed what the ideal and how it was supposed to be like on how like God created it. And I felt like it was just ripped away from me. It was oh. just taken away from me. It was, ro- it was robbed from me. And is that way that when the confusion started or just from there? All right. So it, it did start there. Cause obviously I had those questions, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like as it progressed, I was scared. I was terrified of men. I was terrified of men. You know, a guy did that to me. I'm going to get away from any guy because I don't know if he's going to want to do that to me too. I didn't know. I was five. Yeah. I was six, you know? And so I go to school and all of a sudden, all these years have passed by. Let's say um, it started in fifth grade. It started in fifth grade when I started to get bullied. Hmm. And it was, I mean, if we count the years, it was pre-K, all of that. Yeah. And I'm hanging out with just girls because that's that's a, that's my safe you know that's my safe space you know mm-hmm. like we're just laughing and you, ah, all of that but and little do we know we catch on to mannerism so fast and so i was speaking really high i had their jokes i had all of that you know i i hung out with girls and i was really acting like one because i was just hanging out with them all the time i would move my hands a lot and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. But because of that, a lot of kids would call me gay. And on top of that, my, my voice was really high pitched. And it was, you know, some people would just find the smallest things to make fun of you about. Absolutely. The smallest things. And those were those small things and they added up, you know. And so everybody would just make fun of me and everyone would call me slurs. They would call me gay make fun of me. They would beat me up in school. Oh, it was terrible, guys. Wow. I, it was really bad. Like, I, it was from fifth grade all the way through 10th grade that I was bullied for, those, for, that, for that reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And through all, all those times, it was just like, oh my goodness, well, am I? Everybody's calling me this. And then I would go back to that, those, those three years that ha- it happened to me. Like, oh my goodness, is it? Am I? And it wasn't until I graduated high school where I had the freedom. I had my own car. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to act on it. Because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. And so. So do you feel like the things like the, with the bullies, the people speaking that over, calling you those names, did that help to reinforce some? Confu- oh, it definitely reinforced it negatively reinforced. Yeah. In a, it in negatively reinforced a lie. Ooh. So from the age of five until, let's say, 18? Yeah. So you it were was, battling pretty much with the lie yeah. of, oh, am I gay? Am I not? Yeah. And also the, the consequences of the abuse that you had yeah. was pretty much left you in that turmoil of like, questioning your oh, identity yeah, 100%. And it was just like i was just like digging that hole of questions you know and i'm, I'm gonna bring y'all in i'm gonna be really vulnerable like i feel like only one person knows this and it's it's darlene <laughs> <laughs> um so as i was growing up i've always i've always liked girls always liked them and i started to date i okay i was like what 12 13 mm-hmm. and i started to date one and she was one that I really, really liked. And we started dating. We're dating for a week. And then, and it was from church, y'all. It was like, this is like a ch- one of those quote unquote church relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the world, you know? I was like, oh my gosh. I was yeah. like, I got my crush, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, that next week, the girl's like, oh, I only dated you because it was a bet. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. That's stung. Wow. wow. <laughs> and so, that just brought like a bunch of just rejection as a whole on top of just the lies and the questions, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, am I not just like, I have like no game with girls, but I have so much game with guys. 
And it was so weird, guys. Wow. So what what aspect did rejection play into this identity? I, w- I, I classified myself as just a friend zone person when it came to girls. It was, I didn't even try to even get in a relationship after that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I completely closed down that door because it was just... I was so f- fearful of rejection where I was like, you know, I'm not even going to try. Yes, I like the girl, but I'm not good enough. So you struggled with this for 13 years before you acted on it. Yeah. So in this 13 years, was there ever a point where you said, I need to tell somebody? No. Why not? Because, one, there was so much shame that I didn't even want to tell my parents. And you know, parents, no. Oh, yeah. Parents, no, they're not dumb. And mine definitely are not. And my mom asked me. She was like, hey, like, are you like, like, how are you with this? And I was like, great. Like, she was just trying to be there and just ask questions. And I was so, I felt like I was such a captive shame that I was like, no, I'm good. No, never. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. In reality, I was, I was drowning in it because I was just a little boy trying to ask for help, but was too ashamed, too ashamed to even ask for help. Wow. Yeah. So then you hit 18. You have this freedom. At 18, yeah. Was there a moment where you're like, I'm going to give this a try? Oh, yeah. And what, so what brought you to that point? I was so alone. And I felt like I wanted that, that relationship type of stimuli in my, yeah. in my life. And I was the type of person, I was, I was like, I'm never going to date a guy. Oh, that was something that I knew. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to mess with them. And that was my, that was my, um, I felt like that was just a boundary that I set for myself. Where I was like, I'm never going to date one. Mm-hmm. I want to marry a girl. I want to have kids. Because my number one goal in life is to be a dad. Mm. And I was like, nah, I can't even do, I'm not going to do that. And honestly, even after I would just say, I was like, it was just the fear of the Lord in my life that I was like, yeah, no, but over here, I'm over here just like talking to them Mm -hmm. and doing things. But yeah, no. Did, did pornography play a part in the development? Oh my goodness. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. It was just, it was just easy. It was just there, you know? And obviously, pornography always mixes mm-hmm. mixes in with masturbation. Yeah, and it was just something that was just it was just some it was a normality for my life. Wow, uh, you had mentioned that you were because of the abuse that you experienced as a kid that you were fear you had a fear of men. Yeah, uh, so you were afraid of men. Oh, 100%. So what drew you back in into having like experiencing that with men actually? I felt like it was because I had a choice. Oh, so basically it's like when you experienced your abuse, it's like that choice was taken away from you. Oh, 100%. And then when I you hit no 18, you were like, oh, I actually have a choice here. I was like, so. I actually have a choice. And at the end of the day, I know I can. I mean, if a person tried to do anything, I know I could take them out. Like there was just that thing where I was like, oh, I'm never going to be taken advantage of again. So it was a part of you being able to feel powerful. 100%. In ways that you never felt oh, powerful 100%. before. It's like that little boy. Mm-hmm. It was just like that, just like reverse, you know. I was like, no, now I'm the one that's not gonna be taken advantage of. And it was that thing where I would lead people on all the time. Oh my goodness, I was so bad. Like, I would have people so invested emotionally, and I would have the satisfaction of just blocking them and just being like, bye, just to make them feel hurt. So, what did that do for you? <laughs> At the time, it felt so good to just be like, uh, yeah, now you know how it feels. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've never really. Wow. Yeah. So from the age of five until eight, until 18, before you acted it out, 13 years, you never opened up to anyone. No. Then. Even the abuse, even nothing. The abuse? No. 
No. Did your parents know about the abuse, or did anybody know about that abuse? No. So you kept that. Why did you keep that to yourself? Not that I mean, it's hard, at five years old. How do you? Yeah. 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 Not that it's your fault, but what, what? Like, was there a thought going on in your head? Like, I can't tell because. I honest, I feel like it was more like you know I can't change it anymore. Why talk about it? Mm-hmm. Like it happened. Why talk about it? I didn't see the importance of actually bringing it to light. So was that something in your culture, family culture, church culture, that that wasn't, or was it? I felt like it was both, church and family. So let me ask you this, though. (laughs) Okay, we believe in Jesus. (laughs) We do. Okay, we believe in God. We do. But we also believe there's, there's a devil. Oh, yeah. So spiritually speaking... Looking back, and maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't, but but what role did that play in in this transformation that you had of of you know normal childhood then into the mis- the molestation and things like that? Yeah. Or do you even know? I don't. Okay. Well, I won't ask you that question then. <laughs> <laughs> but he did have some spiritual. Oh, a hundred percent. You know. I mean, we all we're all we all have a purpose, and we all have a calling, and the enemy mm-hmm. is just not trying to have us step into our identity. Because now, knowing who I am, I'm like, oh yeah, now I see why. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like now, I see why. 100%. Me standing up now, me if it comes to me leading worship or me leading Seneca, I lead a movement called Seneca, yeah. mm-hmm. and so me doing this i'm like you didn't want me to do that Mm. you led me to be so suicidal to the point where i wanted to commit suicide and i almost Mm -hmm. did three times and it was just those moments where i would either throw up the pills or i couldn't follow through with slashing my wrists Mm -hmm. and it was just yeah the enemy was truly just trying trying to go come after me and it's just it's just a normality because he's such a loser so what (laughs) so what lies this true so what lies do you start believing about yourself when you're 18? That that was my identity to a certain extent. Where, oh my gosh, I had that saying. I was like, don't knock it till you try it. Where it was like, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. I know. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. And so I literally just started to try. And I was like, you know what? I got the satisfaction. I got the climax. Yeah. Mm. And I was just, that was, if I, would, if I were to say that was an addiction. Mm. I feel like that's what it truly was. I was like, okay, cool. I'm. This is not something that I want out at the light. I'm super ashamed of it, but I'm addicted to the climax. Wow, wow, wow. So, what part did? I mean, you said that you, no one knew. You didn't uh, tell anyone about that. But what part did isolation play into you acting it out? Because I would. Uh, I feel like isolation, just the loneliness was just mm-hmm. such a such a killer, you know, because I would see people in relationships and I would see all of this and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's just me. Wow. Me against so, the world. So did you have close friends in the midst of all of this? Okay, so I, I did, but then they were, they were not good, good influences. So because I was bullied, yeah. I, I wanted to feel empowered. Mm. So I started hanging out with all the... The, the drug addicts and the the gangs at the schools and everything like that. People were scared of me because I was like, yeah, you mess with me. You're going to obviously mess with them, so you're not yeah. going to mess with me. Wow. And so that's when I got into drugs too. But it was like those friends that I was like, yeah, no, I can't bring you to my house. <laughs> like my, my mom, mm-hmm. she's like, she, she just, my mom's a knower. Yeah. Someone will walk into the house, she's like, you're not supposed to hang out with that person. Mm. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Thank you, wow. Jesus, for good mamas. I know. I know. Right? <laughs> mm. wow. So you're walking through all of this. All this is happening, going on. You are leading worship. I am. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I am. So, Jesus. <laughs> so in this double sided. So was this like hook up on Saturday night, or hook up on a Friday night? On Friday, repent yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Saturday was my repentance day. <laughs> Yeah. Repent on Saturday and then lead worship, the, the lead lead worship, worship on, on Sunday. Sunday. And the fact that the Lord would still move and that just wow. broke me every single Saturday. Well, let's talk about Sunday that. Night. Is that when you sing, when you lead worship, there is an anointing. Yeah. And it was still there. Oh, yeah. It's frightening sometimes. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. Mm. Tell us about that. 
Goodness, I mean, the gifts of the Lord are just irrevocable. Yeah. And I truly got to just see how there would be such an outpouring of the Spirit when I would lead worship. And I'm like, I'd be like, oh, it's because I repented yesterday. But in reality, it's just the Lord's just good. Mm-hmm. He's going to... One thing, I feel like somebody told me this, and I'm probably going to butcher what they told me. They're like, yeah, he's going to use you to get to them. Mm-hmm. His people. That's the, that's on his heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're just the instrument. That's true. That's so true. I was like, whether your your posture of heart, like let's say, like sin wise, everything like that, whether you're upright or you're s- plastered on the floor, you're still that instrument mm-hmm. that is for his yeah. use. That's one of the most boggling things about God is that mm-hmm. it really comes back to then in His grace and mercy, He He will still use us. Yeah, and He'll touch us through the process, and mm-hmm. He'll use us to bring. To, yeah. to bring about great things. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, hard to get uh, your mind around the whole idea is that God will use who he's going to use. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, the, the saying that changed that, because um, I mean, uh, some of my, uh, your experience is pretty much similar to mine where uh, I will watch porn on Saturday and then go lead worship on Sunday, you know? And the, the, the thing that kind of, shook me to was when bill johnson said he comes on you for the people yeah but he's in you for you and that was like oh yeah but let me ask you this question because sometimes we see that and we're like oh that's kind of we kind of give permission to ourselves to keep sinning you know when we see oh god moved with me so i'm doing good you know well, uh, but also you also get that fear of the lord as well it's like hundred percent here you know hundred percent what was your experience in that aspect when you will hook up on Friday, repent on Friday, uh, repent, repent on Saturday, but go lead worship on Sunday, and then you will see the spirit fall? Oh my goodness. It's like, it was that, I feel like it was such a normality hmm. that it became like such a normal thing for me. And I would do that on Friday and it's just like after that you'd have so much remorse hmm. you know because you know you know right from wrong yeah especially when you accept them into your heart mm-hmm. especially when you're his and you're like yes i'm yours mm-hmm. and then you're over here prostituting yourself wow yeah and so whether whether it's the reason you know the, the reason whether it's loneliness all of this all of that at the end of the day it's just you're not you're not looking at him Mm. Uh, we'll get into that later but well that kind of brings up maybe one of the scariest passages in scripture that i could think of Mm -hmm. is when the people come to him and say jesus we fed the poor in your name we prophesied in your name we healed the sick in your name and jesus goes i never knew yeah yeah i mean that's frightening that we could do all those things we could do the practical things for god we could do the spiritual things for god Mm -hmm. god blesses it he anoints it but at the end of the day do you know jesus Mm. yeah and that's part of your story. Is oh, 100%. That. I did not know him. So Mom. tell us about what was the changing factor oh of all of goodness, this. I love this story. All right. So I I mean, we, we said it. We were, I didn't know him yet, right? Mm-hmm. You accept him. Okay. But you have to, you have to meet him. And um, I was doing that Friday, Repent Saturday grab a Sunday to church and lead worship and all of a sudden I get invited to go to this ministry school in Mexico and I was like yeah let's do that mm. sounds cool and this is when I started to like actually seek the Lord diligently mm. and I was like okay cool I encounter I, I meet Holy Spirit I encounter Holy Spirit because it was a, it was a really whole it was a Pentecostal school of ministry so mm-hmm. really holy spirit based and like fire going on mm-hmm. and i met holy spirit and i just you know how you're like you know i give it to you i finished the school and everything i was operating in the gifts and everything i get back from from uh, mexico and i'm still the same wow I'm like, wait, why am, I, why am I doing this again when I gave it up? Like to the point where in the school, um, they noticed that I was very feminine. I was acting very feminine. And they, I was leading worship at school. And one of the days that I was leading worship at school, 
I get stopped. And they're like, you can't lead worship today. You have to go talk to, you have to go talk to the, wow. the person. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's, I wonder why, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go to the office. They're like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. And they're like, oh, we, we just, I just want to talk to you. We've noticed some things. And I'm like, cool. I wonder what you guys have noticed. And he hits me with a verse in First Corinthians. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I've like just suppressed that verse. I've tried yeah. looking for it all the time, and I'm just like not <laughs> looking it up. And it's like, it's like, nor the drunkards, nor the homosexuals, all of this, all of that, oh. will inherit the kingdom. Mm. And I was like, wait, why y'all throwing this at me? <laughs> you know, why y'all throwing this at me? Mm. I get that's where I was coming from, but why are you guys still seeing past present? Hmm. And so instead of asking you a question, Oh, hundred percent. Instead of saying, Hey, tell me about your heart. Yeah. Tell me about your life. They jump in and just assume that you are actively involved in. And at the time you were in the school. And when hmm. you're in the school, you, you had said you were not involved in that. No, no, I was, I was consecrating myself. Hmm. Oh my goodness, that's when I learned the the whole meaning of consecration. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I didn't know that before I even got there. Wow. And so you're working on this, you're having success on it, and oh then the leader goodness. pulls you out. beautiful. And instead of saying, how you doing, they quote a verse to you. Bam. And they're like, we're not going to have you minister until we see, until I see changes in, in your life. And those were like, they were looking for physical changes. Yeah. they want The way so you I, act. I, I, I would cross my legs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, only women do that. Oh, I would move my hands. Like we don't, we don't, we don't preach with our hands moving. Mm. And we're like, okay. And you know, I'm I'm a very expressive person. Yeah, I'm very expressive. That's part of what makes you you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very expressive. I'll use my hands. I'm oh, I'm loud. We and I'll it. use my facial expressions. We know when you're in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm expressive. Mm-hmm. And but that's so, who you, that's that's who who you, you naturally mm-hmm. are. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't something that I think, okay. So me growing up because of that, like loneliness, because of all of that, I was seeking attention all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I would seek attention all the time and in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. It got to a certain point where I would be leading worship for people to look at me. Wow. I was the, I was the one. They were there for me. They were mm-hmm. there to hear me sing, you know? And that's why there's such a reverence and such a beauty in worship on how we see it now. Yeah. And that also speaks on just the beauty of the transformation that, I mean, we, yeah. we've experienced Andrew leading worship and it's like, you wouldn't think that this was, will be someone who, this was someone who actually was leading for attention yeah. because the freedom when you lead and everything. So it's just beautiful how the transformation has happened. And now when we watch you lead worship, it's just like, Oh my God, you just, He's so focused on the Lord, and that's just beautiful. See, and I think with with with, and I'm just going to speak for for yeah. myself, mm-hmm. being being the old guy in the room. You know, I think a lot of people. Not that I'm excusing the way that they handled you, yeah. because it was completely and totally wrong, mm-hmm. and it's it's not what I would do now. But you know, it might have been something that I would have done 10, 15 years ago, because of lack of understanding mm-hmm. in these things. I think a lot of times, especially, and this is goes for maybe any pastors that are listening of people that are going through, like, like how do I pastor somebody through this? Yeah. Mm. I think that's the, the valid question, you know, and I think from what I'm kind of seeing and sensing is that don't make it about a Bible verse. Yeah. yeah. Make it personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and ask those hard questions, but be willing to walk them through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's 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 the hard part about this, and that's the part that breaks my heart is that that you're doing better than you had in years. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you have this condemnation kind of thrown on you. Oh, 100 percent. Okay, so this happens. You step down. I step down. Well, I was mainly like kind of thrown out. Okay, so you, know? so <laughs> you, you, you were thrown to the side for oh, a minute. 100 percent. And they basically were like, "You're not going to go back there until I see changes." And oh my goodness! The Did they ever say what the changes staff were? Every knew. Oh, I had to. I had to, I had to just ask. Act more manly. But they did. They define that. They just didn't want me to cross my legs and use my hands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and there's this one moment because I left crying. 
I went to my room just bawling because I was like in a place where it's mm-hmm. crushing. I was not going ex- I was not going to be bullied mm-hmm. or judged or this. It's happening all over again. And and it, there's this one situation where I was eating in the in the cafeteria area and one of the pastors comes up to me because I'm crossing my legs. He like slaps my leg. Oh wow. And he's like, don't sit like that. We don't sit like that. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was like that. And it was just like that was the culture that I that I was in, you know? That was the culture was like, I'm gonna say jump and you're mm-hmm. supposed to tell me how high I want you to jump. Wow. So it was really controlling and i honor that church because honestly it, it had some i had so much breakthrough there so i mm. love that church some of the things i don't really agree with but mm. you know um but in those situations yeah i was completely just broken mm. when i was barely fixing myself they broke me. <laughs> <laughs> well then did it add wow. this level of striving to oh, i mean they're, they're not saying hey you your heart needs to change just they're saying, saying yeah. what you're doing on the outside mm-hmm. yeah which that gets kind of confusing because jesus kind of says something different exactly uh-huh. <laughs> exactly and yeah. they, i mean i would say some people if that that were to happen to them it, that would kind of lead to performance a hundred percent and you know i would perform for them while i was breaking my oil at his feet wow mm-hmm. i'd be like you know what i'm gonna do this just so that when you guys are looking at me but when it's just me and the Lord or when I'm, I'm in worship, you're not going to see me different mm-hmm. because I'm not doing it for you. I'm just doing it so I could go back up there, you know? Cause wow. I'm like, I really, that was like, that's where I felt the Lord actually leading me. I felt like that's where the Lord wanted me in that season. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Cool. I honestly didn't even change anything. I didn't change anything. Like I was still doing all normal things. They would just have meetings with me. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling so much change. Mm. You know, because I was like, dude, that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. Let's just, let's just, that's what you want to hear. Now, uh, (laughs) you, you mentioned that when you got back from the ministry school that you kind of slipped back into the old lifestyle. How did that experience had something to do with that or? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I think I just went back into the loneliness Mm. because I mean, at the school, I'm living with 12 guys the whole time. True. And honestly, like, there is just so much beauty and so much beauty in my the consecration that the Lord was leading me into while at the school. And while, once you're outside of a bubble, hey, that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game, you know. And it, it got to a certain point where I got back and I was leading worship. And it was, you know, we have such a, like, oh, like, yeah, I'm like, there's so much change in my life Mm. but then when you slip if you slip Mm. okay how are you gonna get back up are you gonna just completely just be like all right well this is crap i fell into it again are you gonna get back up wow and it was was, i i fell and there was just that question again where i was like dang well i thought i thought this wasn't gonna happen again I didn't know temptation. I, I thought temptation was going to be broken over my life and it was yeah. going to be done. But in that culture, they don't tell you that because mm. they're not even focused on that. They're, they're trying to build up the ministry leaders that were called to be yeah. and not meet us where we're at. Wow. And at that time, I mean, during ministry school in Mexico, did you, that did anyone know about your struggles or did you open up to anyone? Um, yeah. I mean, in those moments, I feel like you're in those situations where you build relationships, where accountability is easy to just do with people that you, that, you know, truly love you mm-hmm. and are going to be there with you. And yeah, they knew, they knew my story. Obviously I didn't go into the whole detail. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just certain people that you know you can go into detail with because yeah. you know their heart. Yeah, and there are surface level people yeah. that you're like, you know, I'm going to bring you only to this mm-hmm. level. And so they knew, they knew, and it got to a certain point where only the people that were super close knew, and that was it. Wow. Yeah, because to even to a certain extent, it's like you know what you're seeing. You're seen a certain way and I felt like for me because I was always 
so lonely and always doing things for attention, I didn't want to tamper my reputation. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, that's going to smudge my reputation. It's going to throw me out the door. The doors are going to close. And then I came to truly find the beauty in my testimony. Because, oh my goodness, I was so ashamed of who I was. And like I, I look back now and I'm like, wow. I got to go through that. And there's a redemptive beauty in what Jesus did in my life. So was there one defining moment? Oh, I was waiting for you to ask me that, Chris. <laughs> was there this one moment that you had that, that changed everything? Or was it this slow, steady oh, walk? No. Um, so it was obviously it was a slow, steady walk, you know. But let's, let's, I feel like the one thing to highlight is I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know Jesus. I knew of him, and I would worship him, but I didn't know him. I didn't and he know. would use you greatly. Mm-hmm. I know, oh my goodness, yeah. And But yet, I didn't know him. And they would ask all these questions, like, do you guys know Jesus? I'm like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> don't, don't we all? Mm. I, did, I, I didn't know. Obviously, I knew, but I didn't know that I didn't tap into the relationship aspect of it with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Where my I love you had a meaning and there was this one time where march 27th 2020 so i graduated from the ministry school in 2018 so this is two years after Mm. and i i'm on my knees and i'm just waiting on the lord because i had moments where people were like oh yeah the lord met me I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, can you meet me? Because I had this hunger. Mm-hmm. I had this hunger where I was like, I want to meet you. I'm done. I'm done living super, like just the superficial surface level Christianity. Mm-hmm. I want all in and I want you. And once I put myself and I was just like, I'm not leaving here until, I, until you show me something. I'm not leaving here until I meet you. And an hour and 45 minutes after, the Lord meets me. He meets me in my room. And I, <laughs> I'm just literally just on my knees with, with my hands out. I just, and with my eyes closed, I just, I just saw his eyes. And, you know, in Revelation it says, his eyes are like fire. You mm. know, eyes like fire. And that's what I saw. And I was automatically... And instantly just captivated and fascinated by who he is. And that changed everything. Wow. The loneliness, yeah. If I could say, yeah, there's moments where I still feel lonely. But I get to look at him and that changes everything. Wow. And that's 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 something that I feel like since my that encounter that I had with him, it shifted everything. Because yes, the lies can come, but now I know where to look. Mm-hmm. Better said, who mm-hmm. to look at. Wow. Loneliness literally burns. Like this attention seeking, like the only ten, the, the only person's attention that I want is his, and it's mine already because he never stops looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it's just that aligning of my gaze unto him, and that's literally what what he told me when I saw him. He's he told me. For now you have seen my eyes. For you have seen my eyes. Now align your gaze and let my nature become your nature. Wow. wow. And that shifted everything because I got to see my whole life. And be like, that was not my nature. Hmm. And I get to see who he is and be like, yeah, that's my nature. Wow. Wow. Um, I think we, we touched on that when we were talking about uh, how to... Um, to deal with the lies and one of the points that we had was what is God saying about us first intimacy with him first and um, it's beautiful how that was the defining moment if I say it like that that just shifted everything because you got to relearn your identity through what was actually you know the identity that the Lord had for you 
Yeah, and I think I think that's a good point. Is that you could try to will yourself out of this all you want. Oh yeah, you could say I'll never do this again. Yeah. You know, you I could tried. say I'll, I'll put I'll put a porn filter on so I can't. Mm, I, I can't. tried, yeah. And and then then I'm just not gonna. I'm gonna get rid of the app. I'm gonna get rid mm-hmm. of all this mm-hmm. stuff. And you could block all those things. Mm-hmm. And very rarely do you ever have success with that. That very rarely brings about success. Yeah. yeah. Now I think there is a time and a place for that, but it comes after the realization. Maybe it comes after the mm. encounter. Yeah, it comes after that healing starts to take place. Yeah, because sometimes we think that I'm just going to deny myself, mm-hmm. and that's going to be that's going to be what fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's it's yeah. this erasing of the lies, because we are created. We are created in God's image. Yeah. for amazing, powerful things. We have a destiny. We have a purpose. We have a calling. Yeah, every single one of us. God makes no junk. Yeah. And it's the lies that we start believing. Hundred percent. You know the lies that, you know, for you, 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 you would lead men on to feel powerful. Uh-huh. So you're believing a, a lie that you're weak. Yeah. Mm. Or you, you believe, well, I, I'm not going to tell adults about what just happened to me, be, because you, you know, they're not going to believe me, mm-hmm. or I'm not trustworthy. And, and it's again, you're believing these lies that nobody's going to care. Nobody's yeah. like you're not going to have a protector. Yeah, you know, and so as you grow up, you continue believing these, and they get bigger, and they get bigger, and they mm-hmm. get bigger. Yeah, and really, the only thing that could ever demolish those lies is by looking through the lens yeah. of who God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I think that's the most important thing that you should do. It's uh, discovering who God created you to be, yeah. and then from there. The, the foundation of your identity is established and when the lie comes you know oh no that's not who I am that's not who he made me to be mm-hmm. so so um, you you so you have this encounter with the Lord and uh, the transformation starts I mean the term, the transformation already started but that was like the the pinnacle moment and um, and uh, we like we we value a lot of vulnerability and um having life with community and everything yeah. now uh doing in your transformation journey uh when at what point did you start inviting people or like oh i can actually see transformation in me through the people that i invite in and become vulnerable with them honestly i felt like it it was I got to cultivate, you know, I got to cultivate and I got to steward my relationship with the Lord in secret. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that was the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. I, I, I started to just really make him a reality in my life. And, you know, I love how I'm really going into this because, you know, the fruits are going to be shown. Mm-hmm. And I was cultivate. I was reading, I was praying and I was just spending so much time where it wasn't just something where I would sit down like, Lord, I just thank you for this. This, this, this. But I was like, hi Lord, how are you? Like, Mm. And I love how I would ask him how he was doing. He's like, "No, how are you?" And I'm mm. like, "Oh, you're right. You never change." But, um, <laughs> but, yeah. but it was just that practicality that I got to really just truly live. I would, I love bowling because it reminds me of him, and it's my secret place with him. Yeah, tell us about that. I think mm. it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. I, uh, you know, everybody, I, I love how people talk about secret places mm. and I got to really just be like, you know, learn my secret places wherever you are, you know, and you everywhere. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something fun with you. Mm. I was like, let's, let's go bowling. And cause I did it once and I was just like, this would be so much fun to just do mm. on the daily and just invite him in. And I started to go bowling. I was like, oh my goodness. And I would just have my ear, my AirPods in noise cancellation and just block everybody out. Mm. And I would be there for, f- I would get there at seven and they wouldn't close until 12. So I'd be there all night. Wow. And it was three months, five nights every week. Wow. wow. Where I was just with the Lord. And I was just like, Lord, I was like, but why this? And I would just be asking him questions. Mm. I felt like a little kid wow. at his feet learning. So you learn to be vulnerable with the Lord. Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. So good. I got to ask him the questions, mm. you know, and I feel like there's, there's the whole, like, 
Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. Seek. I got to do that in secret with him. Mm-hmm. Where I got to ask him the questions and that just built up my ear to yeah. listen. My my eyes to see. And so like that's why like I I feel like I always live in this moment with the Lord where I'm just like I can always be in the presence mm-hmm. all the time because I've cultivated it by myself with him. You know, it's that's it's that that's one of the tokens that I hold really dear to my heart. I'm like He's truly everywhere with me. So let me ask you this. After the encounter, yeah. after the times that you're spending in intimacy, the breakthrough that you're having, was did you struggle still with the temptation or the thoughts of things that would just pop into your brain, that would just come out of nowhere, things like that? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, it was things would just pop into my mind. Because a lot of times you think, well, Jesus came in, so I just must oh, be no, yeah. must be perfect. But no, the- it's not whatsoever. I, I'll be even vulnerable. I think it was two weeks ago. I was at the mall and I was shopping, and all of a sudden I just get attacked with this like sexual, just like I don't know what it was, but I was just like looking at everybody, looking mm-hmm. at everybody, and I I was with Darlene. I was like, oh my goodness, hold on. I was like, this is not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, why am I staring down and staring down guys? And then now I'm staring down girls and it's everybody. Mm. It was a free, it was like free game, Mm. you know? And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I don't, why am I doing this? And we sat down at, cause we went to go eat and I was just, she was like, she was encountering, like experiencing the Lord. And I was like, dude, I'm really just like battling with these like sexual urges right now. And this was two weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, this is not me. Yeah. This is not me. Mm. And I love that when you shed light on something, so the good. power that it has. Mm. So you confess that to the person, to, to oh, the person 100%. you're with. I was mm. like, I was like, girl, I am, I am sexualizing everybody right now. I need to stop. Mm. And it's like, I was like, okay, hold on. But who, who, who does he say I am? Mm, yeah. so good. oh my gosh that that changed everything the weight that was on my heart changed yeah it went away it was it was like, it's like you know what here <laughs> well and i think people that are listening really need to understand mm-hmm. the kind of way the demonic and the spiritual realm works yeah is that you can walk into sphere like you can oh, that, that, that there's authority like let's say that there's a manager over a store even an owner mm, that yeah. it, that is steeped in 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 pornography mm-hmm. or something like that or it could just even be gossip it could yeah. be different like things like that and so you could come into different atmospheres and pick up on what these atmospheres have created yeah. oh yeah like in a workplace of gossip gossip can just start running rampant mm-hmm. or you know people have body images and all of a sudden like you may not even struggle with with sudden, these then all of a sudden just wham it hits you yeah and that's where we have to go especially with intrusion like there's mm-hmm. times when we open the door of the devil oh yeah. yeah but then there's times when he just comes out with these fiery arrows fiery little darts mm-hmm. just seeing who he can hit yeah yeah and that's when it's important and he'll hit us mm-hmm. oh yeah like yeah. like like in the demonic sometimes is attract like they know Mm-hmm. Or they could tell, like, like, oh, they know. He mm-hmm. used to struggle with this. Oh, yeah, they know. And so I know which buttons to push now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's why. And you nailed it in the head. We keep on going back to this. Confess your sins one to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you confess that. Oh my god. And then as soon as you're able to start putting the truth back into what you're going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you probably are like if you're struggling with this, especially with sexual sin, yeah. that it is probably not a one and done. Mm-hmm. No. Now you hear testimonies of people stand up preach and go, Oh, I never looked back. That can happen. It can happen. It can. But it's not the norm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be a process. Yeah. For most people. Now I will never I will never try to limit the power of what God can do. Oh yeah. But in in my own experience, in my own experience personally and with counseling that things generally almost always take time. Yeah. And when it happens, you repent and you move on, you mm-hmm. don't dwell on it. 
Yeah. You fall, you get back up, you keep going, knowing that, mm-hmm. hey, now again, you don't have to. I believe in, in that Jesus could come in. Oh, yeah. But if you're one of those where you're still struggling and fighting, keep struggling, keep fighting oh, for yeah. truth, and surround yourself with people that you could be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm struggling. And invite yeah. him into your process. Come yeah. on. That's why I think it's important to, again, the importance of vulnerability. I remember, um, like, so I'm, I don't usually, usually pick up atmosphere until I go to a big city. Mm-hmm. So I went to San Francisco and, mm-hmm. oh my God, my mind, just the same thing you experienced two weeks ago, I was experiencing it yeah. in San Francisco. And that usually happens when I'm in that city because I, I mean, that's... There's the, a lot of atmosphere mm-hmm. there. Yeah. The principality in the city. So I kept sexualizing everything. And then um, uh, I remember... Like we said, shed shed light on something. Yeah. I remember the uh, I went with a couple of friends. I was like, "Hey, I'm struggling with it. I, I'm not in a good mood. This is what's going on." Yeah. And I remember I opened up and we left the city and lifted. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's very important. Again, invite the Lord into it. Invite people you trust into it and shed light on it. Yeah. Because it, it is a process sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes it, it's actually really good to just be like, "Okay, like hold on, is this me or is it the atmosphere?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also got to have, I mean, kind of maybe another side note on some of that is that sometimes when we're dealing with this, we like want to rebuke the devil. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. sometimes we don't necessarily have the authority to come in and start, re- like we go into that store, we're picking up on that. You have authority over you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where you exercise that authority yeah. and and just stand up and just say. And sometimes just leaving is a really good oh, alternative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to sit there and start running around the store anointed with oil and yeah. yelling at the devil. And <laughs> matters of fact, that probably is a counterproductive to, yeah. to getting attention people to it. <laughs> But I would like to say just kind of like a small sidetrack that temptation is not something to feel shame about. Because sometimes, I mean, my, my personally, I was like, oh, I'm tempted with this. So I've put a lot of shame yeah. and that just push back uh, that just push us into acting it out you know because mm-hmm. uh, i heard something that says temptation is just sin asking you permission to come in oh, yeah. wow it's you just know? knocking on the door exactly so yeah you you may you may you may be in that process right now in that journey and you feel tempted it's okay don't feel ashamed about it because i know sometimes the culture will tell us oh yeah okay you're a christian you have jesus you shouldn't be dealing with that and again as long as you invite him the process you know i just i just want to make that point that if you feel tempted it's not something that you should put shame on well, the Bible says we'll never be tempted beyond mm-hmm. what we can bear, what mm-hmm. we can handle. You know, even Jesus was tempted. Yeah. You know, we think it's just like 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 the devil just goes, "How about this?" And he goes, "No," like that was a yeah. temptation. <laughs> no, there was a there was a part of Jesus that was sitting there thinking, "Hmm, mm. I wonder if." You know, maybe I really will show up this devil and show him. You know, I'll jump off this high place. Mm-hmm. You know, and he yeah. did it. But the but in order to be tempted, there has to be some sort of consideration that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what is your advice to somebody who is struggling with these issues? Man. Like if you could talk to, maybe let's say you could talk to, if you could talk to 18-year-old Andrew, Mm -hmm. what would you tell him? Goodness. If I were talking to little old me, honestly, I, I would... The best thing is to always just remind of who he is. You know, you're, you're loved. Mm. You're loved. You're not a mistake. Those thoughts are not your own. Mm. And there's just this beauty just waiting for you as you encounter him, as you meet him. And I know it's really like for the ones that know, they know like I'll encounter you. But there's this invitation for you if you are going through this and if you're going through this at this moment, if you're in the process where you're like, you know what? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm actually battling with it. There is this invitation and it's not an invitation that I'm giving to you, but it's an invitation that has been given and he's waiting for your yes. And if it's the loneliness, he, <laughs> he's the best person to be with. Mm-hmm. If it's, attention if it's whatever it is whatever it may be it could be a plethora of things because i went through a plethora of things Mm -hmm. it's 
honestly the best to come up to to go to somebody and be like hey you know what? i am going through this mm. i wish i would have done that i wish i wish i would have went to my parents sometimes yeah i wish i would have just been like hey you know what i am going through this mm. they knew that i was being bullied they knew that i was being bullied and it was just where i was like oh my goodness i don't want to burden them and that's the thing you're not going to burden anybody by coming to them and being like hey i'm going through this you're not going to burden anybody, yeah. especially if they love you. And my thing, standing where I am now, is just look at him. And there's that invitation for you to just, yeah. hey, just be like, will you meet me where I am? Mm. And he's going to meet you where you are. And I love how the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And if you've been listening to this, you heard my encounter. Mm. So there's this expectation that I have for you. Yeah. Wow. Because you're not unique in this. Nope. Yeah. I mean, you're special, mm-hmm. but you're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, what? Uh, so for those, let's say someone listening to this podcast and they pretty much had the same experience you had in yeah. ministry school when they, instead oh of helping goodness. them to just, you yeah. know, they did the opposite of helping. So why would you? Why would you say that you wish that was different, that would have helped you in that time? And why would you say to someone who's actually pretty much hurt by someone who did the same thing to them? My thing, I mean, I'm, uh, I feel like when it comes to that, I'm really blunt. Or I'm like, don't dwell on things. Mm-hmm. Don't dwell on it. Because if you dwell on things, I feel like that's like you're planting yourself in the garden of just pain. Mm -hmm. And your roots are going to grow. And if you are just like, you know what? No, this happened. But the key thing, invite him in. Yeah. Invite the Lord in. Because you're going to dwell in that. Honestly, you're, you're planting your seeds in that. Because you're dwelling in pain. You're just going to take up more pain. Well, the Bible does talk about let no bitter root grow between you. Yeah. You know, and I maybe I want to speak to this as from a leader standpoint, mm-hmm. is that I think a lot of leaders, especially a lot of male leaders, do not know how to, to deal with this topic. Mm-hmm. We are unequipped to be able to, and this is, it's going to have to change. In, in the church. Mm. Yeah. Like pastors, you are going to have to figure it out how to be able to walk somebody who is going through um, sexual gender confusion. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to start. That's going to have to be a tool that's in your tool bag because things that you, we never talked about 20 years ago, mm. even 10 years ago, are now societal norms. You know, statistically, we went from... I think 15 years ago, 4% of the population identified as homosexual. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, it's gone up to about 7.5%. Wow. And then today, now it's like 10%. And we're seeing this exponential rate that is starting to happen. Yeah. And the more that the enemy comes out and the more the media tries to tries to say in the school system say hey it's yeah. okay there's no boundaries there's no rules it's just do whatever you feel is right hmm. we're gonna have to start figuring out and and with compassion and love to know these are human beings that these are still christians that are struggling with this sin yeah and because that's what it comes down to, just like there are, like we've had to have compassion for people that are on hooked on pornography, mm. you know, and to see how much society is saying, "Hey, pornography is okay." Yeah. Did you know that right now? I just read this article the other day that the mainline pornography companies, because regular porn is starting to lose its effect after a certain extent of people seeing it, is that now they're starting to change their algorithms to be able to put in edgier and edgier stuff and putting in more stuff where before you'd never see homosexual sex on a a regular porn search, but they're purposely now starting to put that in Mm. and sprinkle that in into searches because they're seeing that people are clicking on it more and more. No way. And so 
and we're saying, well, well, Christians just shouldn't look at porn. Well, let's face it, 60 to 70%, you know, people are saying, oh, it's only 50. It's higher than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the other, I think the other 10 or 20% are just lying about it. <laughs> you know, you know, Christians don't tell lies. They believe them mm. or they, they do them, you know, type of thing. And so this is a very targeted attack that is on our young people. Yeah. So we're not just talking spiritually, but even practically now, it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. And so you're going to have to figure out how to do this with compassion mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's being spoon sped. Uh, ah, spoon, uh, spoon fed. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Spoon fed to people. I mean, yeah. I, was work, I, I work with kids. I work with, I work, I was working at the schools, and that's how it truly is. Mm-hmm. It's it's like oh yeah it's perfectly fine now they're teaching it as a normality, and one of one of the people here, um I I, I work with their child and she was like I I I love writing it's just too conservative, and I was like how so, hmm. and she was mentioning how um, the barber was telling her son you're a boy. And she's like, wait, don't tell my son that. And wow. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, well, it's true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are just so infatuated with lies right now. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So and that's true. what we have to say. Makes them unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no. I was like, you're uniquely who you are. You don't have to come up with something. Yeah. If you want to be edgy right now, just be a Christian. You know, if really, if you're Come looking on. at being something total cattle culture, be a true Christian. You want, you want to be trendy? Who loves <laughs> and moves in the power of God. There yeah. you go. So, Andrew, I want you to, I want you to speak to that person who is struggling with some of the same things that you're struggling. Maybe they're listening to this podcast today. What would you want to say to him? What do you want him to know? Wow. Well, number one, you're not alone. And I know it's hard. But there's this, (laughs) there's this man with eyes like fire. That is so in awe of you and loves you so much. And if I were to give you any any advice, is to shed some light on your situation, whatever it may be. Because you're not alone. It may be something that not everybody's talking about, but I feel like the Lord's actually going to put you in in communities where there are people that have gone through those situ- those situations and that will be able to actually comfort you, encourage you, and strengthen you because you are not alone. But the Lord is so strategic in how he places us and where he places us. And there's this beauty, and I already mentioned it earlier, but there's this expectation that I have for you to encounter. So for whatever it may be, you're not alone. And I want to emphasize that. But you have a bunch of people covering you and praying for you, praying over you. Yeah, I'm just going to pray for you. Beautiful King of glory. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. What a privilege it is. What an honor it is to be known by you. Father, I put this person before you and I thank you that you always turn beauty from ashes and what the enemy meant what he intended for evil you always turn it around into something good something way better than we could have ever anticipated or expected Father I just pray a covering over this person listening wherever he is or she is Lord, I just ask for you to meet the person face to face. Holy Spirit, we thank you. 
thank you that we can give you our baggage. Lord, thank you for who you are, who you've been. For me, for everybody. Lord, thank you for who you're always going to be. Faithful and true. Lord, we love you. Amen. Hmm. That is so good. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Caleb, for today. And I just got to remind you, you know, the Bible says he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. He'll be with you forever and always. And it's not just when things are going well. It's not when you're living right. But he's going to meet you in the darkest places because he that's the kind of God he is. Well, until next time. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.